0: Right, okay. So we have just seen the first three episodes of Andor here yeah. in Leicester Square in London. Yep. Um, first
1: reactions. No spoilers. Again, no spoilers tonight. Yeah. First reactions, mate. Different. Different. It is different. very different. It is very mature. It's very gritty. In a good way, I uh, think. Yeah, it's... The first few episodes take a... They, they, you know, they take a little while to get going, but yep. I liked them. Yeah. The third episode, that was very good. Yeah. But... The the way each episode ended I found felt very odd. The third one ended like it
0: was you know, that was a jumping off point. Yeah. Yeah. It's it looks expensive. It yeah. looks big. Live action. It's live yes. action, and there's a lot of Essex. There's a lot there's of, a lot of Essex yes, in there it. Is. There's is a lot of Corriton opposite Candy Island. And Jelly's Hollow that we is up there on. as well. Jelly's Hollow, where it he nearly died. Um, can't wait to talk about it more. Going to spoilers. Yep. Um, to Going to spoilers. Yep. Overall, I'm I'm really impressed. Um, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, happy. I'm very very pleased with
1: what I've just seen. Cannot wait to dive into it tomorrow. Can't wait just for you guys to see it too. some dirty hands and an imperial token. <laughs> They're so proud of themselves. They don't even care. They're so fat and satisfied. They can't imagine it.
0: Can't imagine what?
1: That someone like me would ever get inside their house, walk their floors, spit in their food, take their gear. You got the money, I got the box. What else is there to talk about? Cassian and Andrew, Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Andor Recap Numbers 1, 2, and 3 from Star Wars Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba and joining me here, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon. He's the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy. He was also considered to be Cassian Andor, because he's so dashing. It's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker. How are you, sir? Oi oi
0: Sabaloy. Yes, not too bad. Not too bad. A bit bit tired. Bit tired this Why? morning. Um well we were in London last night, as you guys know, as you guys have just heard. We were, <laughs> we were in London last night at Leicester Square. We were uh kindly invited by Lucasfilm and Disney Plus UK uh and Star Wars UK to the special screening of Andal, so we saw the first three episodes last night at Cineworld world on leicester square central london it was great fun and then we went to the pub afterwards so enjoyed that it, and it know, was on imax
1: it, as well which is a bit oh. unfair going forward for us because next time we watch the episodes whether that be one two or three or the ones yeah. going forward it's on our normal tv which is fine but when you see it on imax with that sound yeah. it's a treat but just for those listening, I have not that has not clouded my judgment or changed my view on any of the episodes just because it looked or sounded good. Um, but no, that was a lot of fun. So thank you to uh, Star Wars UK, Disney Plus UK. Great to meet some uh, other great content creators out there yeah. as well. Um, Luke got uh, mistaken for somebody in the cast which at one point, which was hilarious. <laughs> but, um, I don't know who. I don't I know, don't know who. who it was, but he was like, are you an like, No. And I just thought he obviously means Luke's mom, mothma. But no, he's like, <laughs> no, you're in it. And he was going to make you sign something, but we never got around to it. But yeah, uh, it wasn't just uh, Luke and myself who was at the special screening other than the couple of hundred other people. We were there with Glover, weren't we, mate? And we weren't going to leave the event without getting Glover's reaction. Come on.
0: All right. So we are here at Waxy O'Connor's Pub. It's an Irish pub in central London. Um, like I said, we've just come from the Andor premiere. You guys know all that. You know, about the special screening. Matty boy, What? What? how are you feeling? You feeling good right now? You've had a pint or you're halfway half through a pint. a pint? I'm feeling good, mate. There's half a pint that's making me feel a bit better. This pub is unreal.
1: But no, we've finished the the screenings done. We've had half an hour to sit on it. We still haven't got our thoughts together fully yet. But we're with a man who hopefully has got his
0: thoughts together because we're going to ask him about them now, aren't we? Yeah, and I think... Um, he's already shared one or two tidbits but I want to get it on the show as well yep. uh, so oh, mate, you, you, a lot of you guys especially the patrons you all know Glover, Glover. Josh Glover uh, Jay Glover Art um, Glover you said something earlier but I want you to repeat and I want you to talk about just your initial reaction and feelings to Andor particularly because you are a massive Tolkien fan and you're enjoying uh, Rings of Power at the moment as another kind of household big tentpole show um, yeah, thoughts on the first three episodes of Andor?
2: So straight off the cuff, really enjoyed it. Um, found myself engaged and gripped from from the get go. Uh, there's a good use of flashbacks throughout, not in an annoying way, but in a good way of uh, clever storytelling devices for filmmaking. It's getting loud in here, Irish pubs for you. Yeah, they know I'm here, back in the homeland. Um, yes, yeah, so I really gripped straight away. I actually find myself. Caring more or feeling more invested in the story of Andor at the moment than where Rings of Power has got me to feel, which is, um, it's hard to say, but uh, yeah, yeah, the story has just caught me straight away. I really want to find out what happens next. I'll be watching the next three episodes straight away when they release. Well, not straight away, but tomorrow, (laughs) weekly, (laughs) yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'll be watching the first three again as soon as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah overall really happy really excited to see it all unfold and really grateful i got to see it early what and what do you think like in short what
0: do you think worked so well with these episodes because this is really different you know to any other Star Wars tv or film or any Star Wars content we've had in 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 a while what what, what do you think worked for you
2: new characters although cassie and andor we know him from rogue one the rest of the cast are new um, so we're learning new people. We're truly stepping away from Skywalker Saga. We're not getting some fan service from Skywalker or Boba Fair or this one or that one. No appearance of Mando or Grogu as yet. Uh, hopefully it stays that way. It's got to stay that way, really. Um, but yes, yeah, so a new cast of characters. Really excited. A new new planets. A new part of the universe. Um, and it's going to be good to see how Cassian Andor evolves as a person into the person we know him as in Rogue One, too.
1: And this isn't a man who is prone to hyperbole. Glover's a man who, he says it how it is, and we can't reiterate any more strongly how much of a Tolkien fan he is. And I'm enjoying the Rings of Power as much as anyone, but uh, Same. really interesting to hear uh, your thoughts regarding this handle, which I've been saying for the longest time, I think this is going to be the most consistent uh, show of them all including up against house of the dragon the rings of power so that fills me with a little bit of joy
0: but i also know he's not just saying it mate genuinely it's great to see mate it's great to see right okay so thanks sharing your thoughts mate uh, back to um future matt and luke yeah all right bye see ya i'm gonna have a, i'm gonna finish off my Guinness. right see ya what a lad <laughs> what a lad love those initial thoughts from glover as well um especially coming from like a tolkien fan like such a strong middler fan Mm -hmm. you know that's really positive to hear really really positive to hear so it's evident Matty boy that our initial initial thoughts are that we're we're quite impressed but you know we've had a chance to sleep on it we've had a beer over it oh yeah and, and now it's the morning. It's the morning after the event. So maybe some of our feelings have changed. Maybe it's given us a, a bit more time to, to soak up all the detail. Marinated. I will say this we are recording the morning after, like I just said. That means, guys, we've only seen this once. We only saw it in London. We've not seen it on our TVs uh, since. So, yep. and because of the type of event we were, we were at, we didn't write down any notes. You know, we are just freestyling off our noggins, and that's for three episodes.
1: Yeah.
0: You're going to have to bear with us. So because that, what are what, what we going to say, Mabel? We're going to say this is a wee bit different to our other yeah. recaps, but we're yeah. going to really go with feeling more than like going over uh, the chronological sequence of events, right?
1: Yeah, it's a force, a feeling, a force. Yeah, no, for those who are new to our show or recaps, generally... They're a bit more sequential, so we'll go through the episode from start to finish and give our full spoiler thoughts. Today, we are going to be discussing the three episodes, but it's not going to be anywhere near like our other ones where we go sequentially. It's feelings on the show, uh, moments from the episodes that we liked, but rather than kind of saying, this happened, what did you think about this bit, and then going through it. So it's more of a literal uh, kind of recap rather than a recount, um, but... This is the way it's gonna be this time. Next week we'll be back with our usual recap format where it's a little bit more sequential. But it's suffice to say, if you haven't seen and or episodes 1, 2, and 3, and as far as I know, they are just called episode 1, 2, and 3, we are going to dive into full spoiler. So whilst we're riffing a little bit, we are gonna be talking about exactly what happened in the show. Now You've just heard our reactions up top from when we came straight out of the cinema. Like Lukey Boy said, we've had a kit, we've had a coffee, or calf, as they call it in Star Wars. Have your opinions at all changed for the better or worse, mate? What are we thinking then about parts one, two, and three overall?
0: I, I You know, I don't think um, they have changed a whole lot. I think I've just been able to think more about certain scenes or certain decisions in the show. You know, it's been able to just kind of dwell on me and uh what's the word what's the word i'm looking for um absorb absorb yeah and there's Marinate, another one you know when you're when, you know when you're fester, yeah you know when you're making a um like a whiskey or a uh, uh pour it in <laughs>
1: <laughs> pour it in a
0: glass yeah yeah oh the word will come to me but yeah so um i ruminate I, 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 Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's it, pretty much. This show is a very, very, very well-made show. That is my first thought, and that has not changed. That can't change because there is no volume in this. There is no volume technology, and it's noticeable. Yes. Bustling streets, mate. Busy streets, right? A real town, a real city city. Has been constructed. We know it has. We saw the set, but seeing it on screen, you can just tell this isn't, you know, green screen mm-hmm. or volume. They've, they've 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 gone to a lot of effort to to make this believable, and I think in turn a more enjoyable experience for the viewer. Um, my other thought, and I and I thought this maybe. Uh, in the first few minutes of the show, of the first first episode, was wow! This is very Blade Runner. This very. feels it feels very Blade Runner. Yep. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad you agree. I'm glad you agree because I, I, I were not sure if anyone was going to agree with that or not. But because I'm not the biggest Blade Runner fan, like, I've seen I've seen them, but like I'm, not, I'm I wouldn't consider myself like a mega fan. Great mm-hmm. films, but um, wow! That the tone, even the dialogue, sometimes Um, very Blade Runner, and also Diego Luna. Diego Luna just like it slipped back into this role, like Mm -hmm. it was, like it was, you know, second nature. And um, it's great to see him back. It's really, really good to see him back. There are just some initial thoughts. The Blade Runner thing, though, I'm glad we agree on that. I'm glad we see eye to eye on that. I mean, just from the opening scene in the first chapter the first episode you're like wow man this is this is some sci-fi this is yes. really sci-fi not necessarily science fantasy and yeah interesting stuff
1: yeah the Blade Runner thing as soon as he started walking into that club with that kind of pumping synth wave and just just the entrance the way it looked and the uh, the the lady he meets and the, the patrons there I thought yeah this immediately feels different and the first, my first impression of Andor episodes one, two, and three is this is massively different to anything we've had before since Rogue One, but in terms of the television series, and as I always say, and Luke does as well, I don't know what people think of this yet, literally because it's only been out for about an hour um, on Disney+. Plus. I genuinely think people are going to be on the fence about this because these first three really? episodes, they're so different. They are... They move at their own pace. The action when we get it is superb, but there's a lot more world building. There's a lot of character building. There's a lot of kind of um, flashbacks and cross-cutting exposition, which I liked. But I generally think people are going to not hit the ground running with this show. And I hope they will afterwards because I thought this was really good. But this was a bit of me, this show was. And (laughs) you mentioned um, the way this thing looks. I'm going to say it now, the camera work and the techniques absolutely murders the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Kenobi. This show absolutely body slams them into the ground. Just the way the camera is utilised, because, like you said, it's on location. They can they can get different angles. They can be at ground level to bring you into the level of the characters. They can be, they can have cross cuts. over. They can have over-the-shoulder shots. They can pan around and everything is still in camera, in frame. It's a world apart. Genuinely, it's a world apart from those shows and uh, uh, that's not to say those shows aren't good let's not get into that discussion but in terms of how this looks the production design and everything else is spectacular on this spectacular the sound design is very good as well and again i'm not yes. blinded by the fact that we we're in a great cinema to hear it but the sound design is very good the music i'm sure we'll mention that that was very different i'd love to get into your thoughts on that shortly in a minute but no mate this is what i wanted so far i hope it carries on we've got an espionage thriller but it's not it you know the comp the the characters aren't kind of james bond confident you know they're they're getting through by the skin of their pants here and that's what makes it so so relatable to me though i did have a few issues or worries at the very beginning of Mm -hmm. part one but they Mm -hmm. very quickly went mate
0: oh really okay okay yeah um mate I, I i thought it was interesting what you said about like even the shots that people could uh, could get the cameraman could get the director could get you know uh, i i agree i totally agree i think it's noticeable i felt like this show was the sort of show i would see like a high budget very high budget bbc show or yes. maybe an equivalent might be like a in the states like an hbo, HBO. show a drama, you know, a thriller, and it just so happens that it's in Star Wars. And it really it really really comes across like that. Really comes across like that. And um, again, I think that is because of the, the the practical effects, the sets, they're actually there. But also I think it's more than that. I do think it's more than that. I think they got the right people on board for that kind of show, you know. You've got the team behind kind of the born uh, films, Jason Bourne films, That's Ultimatum, it. Identity, Supremacy, and Legacy. I think you've got quite a few talented people, and that really comes across. Um, another initial uh, feeling was that wow, this is a British show. <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> They're accents, <laughs> no. mate. Uh, yeah. Even just like. I, I, the, the, and again, um, that's why I think the BBC or the ITV maybe um, sort of equivalency comes up because it's noticeable how many um, UK or Irish, whatever actors are on screen. And I think alongside, you know, yeah, 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 the, the, the dark sort of weather, at times like the moody weather it's not just all sunshine and spectacle it's very real it's very grounded it's it's very working class in places there's a lot of in galaxy social commentary and i think that all lends itself to a really strong show that comes across as big big budget Really big budget. That's, again, that's what I thought. Now, what were your initial concerns that you, that that were flattened out that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, they were flattened out very quickly when I got uh, on board with the rest of the show and how relatable they tried to make these characters, which I liked. This had a feeling of um, Michael Clayton, which is the other one of the films Tony Gilroy directed. This felt a lot like that. The spirit he imbued in that is here. But it was some of the dialogue that was being said um Cassian is at the bar again remember guys full spoilers Cassian's at the bar asking where his sister is he's trying to get information on where his sister is from a contact at the bar and um and, and they're kind of having a back and forth about you know got a girlfriend got a girlfriend he's like no I don't have a girlfriend but it's the way they said it I thought I just this, 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 it sounds a bit odd come again in the galaxy that we're in we don't because we don't really hear that other than Finn and Ray having a laugh, the way he was talking about it, she's like, "Come on, you know, you've got to have a girlfriend, a wife." And he's like, "No, I don't have a girlfriend." It felt a bit kind of school playground at the time, but then very soon after, in the in these in the scenes to follow, when I got the tone that, "Oh no, this isn't meant to be like Star Wars speak." You know, this isn't Star Wars. They're trying no. to give us, you know, for want of a better term, actual dialogue. This is how people would talk in this setting. She finds him attractive how could you, how could you not? It's Diego Luna. And you know, he's just saying, look, no, I don't have a girlfriend. I got over it very quickly. I, but I, in those moments, I did think surely that surely we're not going, it, it isn't going to be this kind of rudimentary going forward. But no, it's not that I, I totally, I got over that. And by the time I watch it again, that isn't going to bother me, mate. But, um, that was, that was, that was the first concern I had, but very quickly um, flushed out by the time we got to the next scene where he's going like full murder. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All so faced during that scene was great, by the way.
0: Yeah. I. Do you know what the language? The language um, in this in this show. I, I, I'd agree. Again, it feels very real world, and sometimes that's a good thing. That lends itself to the show. I think. In other ways, um, I think it's actually a weakness. I think. I know which bit you mean? Yeah. You're, which bit? Which bit?
1: It's the bit where the Scottish bloke says a naughty
0: word. Um, a very real world
1: real world one and the, and everyone in the cinema laughed, but you do kind of think Huh. You
0: think that would be where they'd say like dank Farric or something instead. Yeah, a made-up swear word, yeah, yeah. A a, a made-up Star Wars ism. And yeah, I, I I feel like that to me feels um inconsistent with the rest of the galaxy. You know? And I know it's word I know it's meant to be just like more grounded um but that was one of my concerns going into the show is that you know they're going to make it a bit too real world worldly you know and um that moment yeah it it felt like nah that doesn't i I could even feel like maybe the actors didn't believe it like the actors were like yeah this is this is at at the end of the day set in a fantasy Mm -hmm. world and We've already established that we've got different words for different, like, uh, frustrations or even like coffee, like you said earlier, right? You, you've, yeah, yeah, but they've gone to the extent of saying calf for they coffee, it, yeah. yeah. But you know, a, a swear word in our sort of basic language,
1: <laughs> you know, it They're almost like, felt improved people. at the time, though. It almost felt yeah, like it's it true. The, they let the camera linger on him, this like say something, say something, boom. And then it went from there.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe it was that. Maybe it was that. Yeah. There's something something about it. I, and I was like, do you know what? I think um creatively that could have been switched out. And I think that just add, add make up a word. Make up a word. Or don't say it. Do do a different word. And uh Yeah, that that kind of leads me to my to my next point, mate, because um this definitely comes across as, you know, more of a mature show right this isn't necessarily you know come on kids let's gather around the telly and watch the mandalorian together you know and i think that's the strength of something like mandalorian but also uh, the caveat to that is that i don't necessarily think that all star wars content especially as we're getting this like wider galaxy with all of these tv shows doesn't necessarily mean that we need everything to be uh, approachable for the family you know the mandalorian has its moments doesn't it where you're like oh yeah, yeah. you know i think we even said yesterday about the um the first the, the opening scene of mandalorian like he smashes a guy's head on the bar and mm-hmm. you know he it's not one and yeah, yeah 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 it's it's like oh okay this means business this means business but it still leans more into that fantasy sort of warm feeling right family mm-hmm. thing yeah yeah of course overall yeah that theme, you know, whereas this, you don't get that. I, 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 not yet. You don't get that this. And, and once again, this goes in line with what we were saying about it being more feeling a bit more like a thriller, like a BBC or ITV, HBO Max thriller mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the adults are going to watch. Um, what do you think on that? You know, do you think that this is going to be, cause I don't think there's anything explicit in this show that, Uh, I mean, it's gonna—it's down to people's own interpretations and own standards, I suppose, and own feelings on it, right? But it doesn't always feel like something that's the whole family is going to watch. It's going to very much depend on the family, I think. I think. I don't know. You're a dad. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah yeah. no you're right if if obviously if you were if if i was given the choice of putting on these episodes with my six-year-old or the mando then mando wins also because i think it's just more it's more approachable for kids you know mando's a i know he's just a like a soldier in shiny outfits and he's and then he eventually gets a little green guy so the kids can go and buy toys of that and it's all a little it's a bit brighter at times and it's it's some there's more of a swashbuckling atmosphere yeah Yeah. again we've only seen three episodes of, of of andor but I quite like the fact that you know, it, you know teens you know from maybe 11 or 12 up and going to be fine so it's not completely cutting out an entire demographic and like you say yeah there's there's a few naughty words thrown in there but have, and you know there are some of the some of the kills in this are a little bit more sudden or brutal potentially than we're used to in Star Wars not necessarily brutal but just kind of cold than we possibly mm. used mm-hmm. to because it's it feels a feeling a, it it's is a the feeling, feeling. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a feeling. So um, yeah, I think this is definitely the, what, like we were told many months ago or well, last year. This is a lot more mature. This is a more of a a fifteen rated show. If you're going to be in the UK, I don't know what that would be in America. This could be the R-rated Star Wars that people have wanted because it it has that feeling to it. We all, obviously later on in the ep- in the show we know we're going to Coruscant and places like that. So maybe. It'll open up a little bit more. It will We'll get off these kind of walls which are covered in grey and beige and blue and greens and we're going to go to shiny, the shiny world of Coruscant soon and who else, who knows where else we're going to go but for now yeah, I, I totally agree that this is more of an adult show and um, this, the, and and these Andor recaps, this is now a, a Bix kaline stan zone. Now we stan Bix kaline Adria Arjona, she, her character she also brought a lot of warmth and authenticity to the show she was a very relatable character and she sh- she shares some uh scenes with i assume her boyfriend tim uh we'd heard about a line and they weren't anywhere near what i thought they were going to be but tim. there's more there's more i oh know tim there's more intimacy in this show you, you, they go a few steps further than what we're used to but like you say you know nothing is seen nothing is uh explicitly shown But it's more that, you know, this is this happens now in the galaxy. Uh, We're not we're not scared to let you guys know that because this is what this is what life is like in the galaxy. If you're not, you know, a Jedi, a force user, a Sith, this is just what it is like. And these first three episodes, they spend so much time, certainly the first two showing us what these planets are like. Ferex and and Canary. Um, I'm sure I've got that wrong. But we get to find out what it's like living in these worlds, you know, just the nine to five workers. And I think the show also does that. And that may not be appealing to kids or everybody. Like I said, up top, this show may not be appealing straight away because it's just showing people working. It's just showing a guy kind of saying, look, cover for me. You didn't see me last night. Um, And a guy trying to get information from someone. I loved it. But what do you think on that point? Do you think we're going to come off this show today? You know, look online do you think everyone is going to be unanimous in their praise of this? Or do you think it, to start with, it's going to be a bit,
0: I don't know what I think about it. Yeah. It's really hard to tell, isn't it? I think this is the one where I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what people are going to, going to think of it. Uh, I do think that this might not be everyone's cup of tea. Um, it might not yep. be what everyone's looking for in a star war. However, I do think what could win them over, and I think the general praise will come from, you know, the, the clear, high-quality production that, that is Andor, right? I think the acting is excellent. The acting in it is excellent. It's a lot more grounded, a bit more serious than other Star Wars productions. And um, I think all of those things are going to appeal to, ba- like what you said earlier, basically teenagers and up. Teenagers and up are gonna Mm -hmm. like just eat all of this up and they are kind of like the vocal people online so when we're talking about online i i really do think this is going to be quite well received um but i wouldn't be surprised if it's not for everyone and i and and i can already see that there are some criticisms Mm -hmm. um okay like like when we came out the theater we chatted to our mates the cyber nerds like we've not seen them in ages i've not seen them since celebration 2016 i've just seen them online so it's great really really good to um see them again but um they said something that was that was really interesting and it was something that i i I thought briefly in the theater but i just got carried away with the rest of the episodes but um but what they said is that it's three episodes right it's three episodes yeah but the first two almost end at it It could feel at random points Mm -hmm. you're like right okay that just ends yeah right okay okay interesting so what 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 next um and i know uh, and and after when we're at the pub i think that was something you said as well and i was like ah that's interesting that people are coming away with that and it was one of those things i was like I thought in the theatre, huh, okay, that's a bit that's a bit abrupt. But hearing it again, you know, from multiple people, it's like, okay, yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think this should have been, like, a huge sort of 90-minute, hour-and-a-half, big bad boy episode? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, when the lad said that, uh, I kind of clicked. I was like, yeah,
1: that would have made sense um we know that the that every three episodes kind of constitutes an arc in this show so i assume that the next three episodes will be maybe i don't know uh a, a month later or a couple of weeks later there's going to be a time gap but um yeah i think in this instance they could have i think that uh, i know they were going to start with two episodes which in hindsight i don't know how that would have come across because if we'd only seen these two episodes I think we'd have been, we would have been wanting for so much more that we may have even been disappointed by what we got. You would have been impressed by everything, everything technically, but story-wise, we needed that third episode to push it along, to give us that action, that emotion, the way it ends. It feels like a little film. And yeah, those first two episodes, they do just kind of fade to black and then that's it. Yeah. They are fairly abrupt and... Yeah, in in this kind of arc way of storytelling that works, but in the week to week storytelling. Yeah, I don't know, we'll see how how we get on with that. I've I'm not I'm still the biggest fan of all time of weekly viewing. I think that's the best way to do it. Um I'm just glad we got the three episodes. And I think the cybernos were right in in saying that if you know, if they knew this was going to be a three episode production which, you know, they did 6 weeks earlier, maybe to stitch them together more so than they did. Uh, and make it one long one, but um, what it did do, though, mate, is it did give us a chance to see that beautiful intro and that wonderful intro music. The intro, which of the show, which looks like a planet, it looks a bit like the planet from the uh, from Rogue One with the Death Star coming down, but it turns out it's the like the Andor logo, and Andor comes on screen. Very impressed by that as well. But um, yeah, I'm looking for. Do you know what what this show's done, though, mate? Is like Glover said. I mean, yeah, we do Star Wars shows in recasts, but I, I am in. The way that third episode ended with um with Marva, Fiona Shaw, who I thought was magnificent. She brings so much gravitas and presence, so much so that uh, I thought Stan and Skarsgård would be the standout, but the, the both of them together, uh, or their performances were great. But the way it ends with Luthien and Cassian, they're going. They're going wherever they're going now. But Marva, you know, ends with Marva. So, no, no words. She, she's in. She's she's crying in tears. And it's cross cutting between little Cass, little Cassian, or Cassa, as he was known, on mm-hmm. um, Canari, because um, she saved him from the Republic ship. We get that nice cross cuts. And then, she knows he's gone now. She knows that that boy that she saved, he's gone. You know, he he he's off in the galaxy. She may never see him again. We also know that he owed her some credits, which he probably ain't going to get now but the way it ends with that emotional punch. Yeah. If I wasn't in before, I definitely was in by the time he got to that finale. Thankfully I was in before that, but had I not been yeah, the other way it ends with that kind of brutal, silent emotion. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm ready to eat it all up. My friend. Um, how did you think the, how do you think the bad guys were, um, portrayed in this, the antagonists? They were called the, the pre uh, they caught, call, they were called themselves corporate tactical forces and they were led by Kyle Sollers, uh, deputy inspector Cyril Khan, um, and he mm. uh, he kind of goes rogue because his boss, who, whose name I found out, is Chief Inspector Hine, very British. Jeffrey Van Sittard, actor, very British. He wants him to. He basically he wants him him to, to cover. Sorry, he wants Cyril Khan to cover up the two murders and be like, look, they fell, nothing happened. We do not want need the Empire on our backs here we do not need the empire because if they come by by extension we're all going to be in trouble including you mate but solo's not having that he wants to find out what's going on so how do you think he was he came across and the the villains in general
0: i thought they were extremely believable and i think that's what you want Mm -hmm. a villain to be believable um the fact that we've come off of something like kenobi you know where um vader is you know your villain (laughs) um it's it's kind of refreshing to have not necessarily just one central villain but the, the 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 enemy the villain is an idea you know uh these people particularly our mate um what's his name um the lights you Sulla. just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, right. So you've got him, you've got the the Scottish guy, you know, <laughs> these are people that you got these are people that believe like deeply, they believe truly that um the empire or that 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 sort of leaning is the only way to do things. That is that is the law, that is the gold standard, that is sort of the the moral high ground, you know. It's over. They've got the background. Oh, now I love that because you have these almost like extremists who want to go to this planet and, 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 you know, effectively have revenge. They want to find out what actually happened here. There's already a bit of division between like what you, who you said, you, you know, this higher ranking officer and this more junior officer, there's yeah. different ideologies there. one is almost more Imperial than the other. And, um, seeing that they're like, right. Maybe at the moment, the empire is kind of in its infancy. Um, maybe, um, yeah, and, and then maybe they're overstretched. And so they're subcontracting these sort of low risk planets out to these guys who are, uh, you know, effectively police. And I don't know, man. Like, in, I think it's that third episode when they're like on, on route to, to, is it Ferex?
1: Ferrix, yes.
0: Ferex. When they're on route to Ferex, it's, it's, it's imp- it's really impressive the emotion the feeling there's still a bit of comedy here in places you know that keeps it a bit star-warsy but point. it's quite it's quite subtle it's not slapstick it's not in your face it's believable and that's what i s- started out with and that's what that's what i'll say yeah believable and i think that's really 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 refreshing and i think it also gives us a huge, huge uh, potential for growth, for character growth, character development, for these people to become so pro-imperial. And there's a huge divide between sort of these freedom fighters or the rebellion, and then might not even be that at this point versus these people who are so pro-order, you know, so pro-imperium. So, Yeah. yeah, mate, really, really interesting, really interesting. And that's what you want. That's what you want, yeah. You
1: yeah, know, I loved him. I thought he he reminded me a bit of Percy from Blackadder at times. Tim McInerney's character, because he was just kind of a bit. He he, he was trying to be confident. He's trying to be this st- strong leader. And in that scene in the ship where he has to give a speech, and they're all kind of just st- the the troops are uh, just kind of stand there like, who is this guy? Because the Scottish dude, he's given this kind of big kind of like general speech where he's like, come on guys, we're going to do it. Like you said, we're going to bring order." blah, blah. And then Kyle and then, um, Cyril Khan kind of steps up and he kind of like limps his way through with kind of like, um, like inspirational quotes you'd find on a poster and no, but nobody believes it. Cause so he comes across as this kind of like slimy, wimpy character. When he's on the front line, he he kind of hides behind the door. Um, yeah, he's doing his job, but he's, he's not as composed or confident as the rest. He wants to prove himself, um, and he's the one who ends up getting hogtied by Andor and Lucian Rail by yeah. the end of it. But you're right. He, I, I really like. Again, I wonder what people will think about him because we're not we're not used to having such a a human villain. You know, somebody who isn't fully formed. He is so into the Empire, like you say, that he's willing to go against Hine, his um, superior, to get the guy who murdered two of his colleagues, two of these pre Mor colleagues, uh, and he has those vulnerabilities. He wants to be the tough guy, but he isn't. And I think you're right. There's going to be some great growth. I hope it, I hope he continues to become like so Imperial and so into the empire that there is no way back. I don't want another redemption arc where Cyril Khan suddenly becomes a good guy. And I hope that doesn't happen because I, I hope Tony Gilroy eschews that, that convention, but it's star Wars. And that is a convention of the, of the, uh, franchise that, Mm, the bad mm. guys sometimes go good. But no, I thought I thought they were good. I thought the Primor um tactical forces pretty cool. I thought they looked good in their blue and orange again, something different. They looked very sci-fi as well. Did you get that uh vibe from them? They looked very sci fi.
0: Yes, yes. And they, they look like Imperial fanboys. <laughs> like they're not quite imperial, but <laughs> they, they they love it. They love and- it nonetheless. I liked that. What's his in-universe name again? It's not Kyle, is it? It's Cyril uh, Khan. Cyril, Cyril, Cyril. Cyril. Right. Okay, Cyril. So he looks like a Cyril. He He does a proper Cyril Cyril sneer. Yeah, Cyril. Cyril. Uh, Yes, Cyril's even customised his his sort of outfit slightly. But what I think comes across, uh, particularly when the guys when when the cop the cubs are down on uh, Ferrex. Is it really shows that they're not trained soldiers? They're kind of wannabes. Uh they're tryhards, but they're not the real deal. And that comes across in the combat, that comes across in the sloppy sort of dealings, especially when they shoot. Is it is it um Tim? They Tim shoot with Tim. Two M's. <laughs> Tim. I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. Uh yeah, so there's there's that i i think these guys are menacing enough but um there's like i said there's a lot of room for growth and i think that's 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 on purpose that's a conscious decision uh yeah thoroughly enjoying them and yeah i like the outfits mate give me an outfit give me i think you would uh you'd look good in one of those outfits mate (laughs) Mate, I would rock those. You'd look better in those uniforms,
1: I think. But um, just for a bit of uh, in-house, in-world technical issues here, the first half an hour of the show, uh, my microphone wasn't connected properly. So if it sounded a bit funny, uh, sorry, it doesn't usually sound like that. It usually sounds like this. So um, we quickly uh, press stop came back on so I could sound as good as Luke does, so apologies if the first half an hour wasn 't the sound quality expected from the sessions, yeah. I shall flog myself thoroughly after this, but I We're am the real to deal we 're the real deal,
0: guys, yeah, so we are the real deal.
1: Di- we will stop the show to make sure you guys get the best sound quality, so again, I hope it sounded okay. apologies if it didn 't this is what it usually sounds like if you are new to the show, uh, but yeah, on those uniforms, mate uh yeah, I, do you know what they also look like they they also look like the kind of uniforms you'd get from a, a like a nineteen seventies action doll, like a, a yes. kind of GI Joe variant G. I. or Joe. a yes. million dollar man type thing. Thunderbirds. It very much looked like that, and of course, this is set as the title card said at the beginning, five years before the Battle of Yavin. We already knew that anyway. We knew it's set five years before a New Hope, but of course, in a New Hope, they were rocking those seventies hair, seventies sideburns. The, clo- the obviously the the production and costume is very seventies. And they've incorporated that here as well. Some bits look a bit more modern, like with Cassian's clothes, uh, outfit. But then the bad guys, the primor, they look very much like they are from that era. So I thought that that was a fun little nod. And, um, we also saw with the bad guys as well, the bad guys, the primor, when, when they're in their kind of operational hub, their HQ, you know, you saw one of the guys was, was noshing down some blue noodles. And they were talking about overtime and you just got to see what it was like for the nine to five or the night shift workers in an operation. And I know some people have have always had a bit of um, concern about things getting too real world or, Oh, I don't, I don't want to see like, you know, shop owners in star Wars. That's not what I watch it for, but I love it, mate, because you know me, I love the books and the comics and I know we've got a pretty cool, uh, reference later on, but, um, I love all that kind of stuff because it makes the galaxy feel a bit more real. Now I know that when these major events are going on and the Death Star's being blown up, that, you know, there's still these guys on these planets who are working nine to five, and they probably hear about it on the Holonet. I think it enriches the universe seeing, you know, these kind of uh, normal people in the galaxy. Again, what are you thinking about that? Uh, is it too much? Is it not enough?
0: What are you thinking? Mate, blue noodles. Blue <laughs> noodles. Yeah yes. <laughs> <Let's laughs> someone get me them ASAP, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're cool, man. They're really, really cool. Again, I think there's a way to do it. And there's a way to do it. It almost it's almost like it comes down to oh, I dunno. Uh, the <laughs> um the execution of it all. Yeah? Oh there you go. Yeah, cool. yeah I think uh, there's a way to do it. And I bought into Everything because I, I, you know, I'm let's not just put the nine to five office workers in this. Let's put, you know, um, there's a shopkeeper in this. You know, Mm -hmm. we've seen that before, but I love that. I love that sort of market trader, even with the sort of adult club at the start of the show. Yeah. It's, it's the same again, isn't it? It's very much like a real world thing that you can make a direct comparison to in, in, on, on earth in your local town, right? And so I think that adds a bit of uh, realism to it that is very much part of Star Wars anyway. You know, Star Wars isn't just escapism. You know, it's a used galaxy. It's a used universe. Everything in it feels like, you know, it's been there for a while. Or if it's new, it's consciously brand new and shiny. You know, a la, yeah. uh the prequels. You know, I always think of the Nubian, Nubian, yeah, Nubian. Nice and shiny, right? It's meant to be nice and shiny. So um yeah, I was I was really impressed by by that. And again, yeah, a shout out to the little town they constructed, you know, that turns out to be really on screen a big city. And it feels like a big city. Yep. Um that has all different characters in it, all different species in it. There's not just tons of humans, right? Because there are some scenes in some of the shows recently where you're like, there's mostly just humans here. Like, there's And there's like one alien or something. <laughs> okay, the majority are, are, are human, um, but there's a lot of aliens. And there's a lot of interaction with aliens and creatures that I think just lends itself to that typical star wars feeling it just brings you back down to oh don't forget yes this is a thriller yes there's lots of drama going on yes it's there, there's a lot of sort of it, it, emotion and darkness but don't forget this is star wars and yes i'm here for it and also quite a few sequel trilogy creatures is what it, i know there was yeah quite a few tr- uh, sequel trilogy and i love that i love that inter- in- integration between the eras it's it's really fun really 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 fun to see um that 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 town man unbelievable the elephant in the room being of course that this is Ferrix. so you got the town and then you've yeah. got the industrial part that yeah. is just outside the town which turns out to be Corriton
1: yes yeah as soon as we saw it it was like that is it and we were blown away by how much they shot in Corriton and for those who are unaware uh I don't even know when it was now 2020 probably 2021 it was 2021 yeah 2021 spring we uh found out via um sources that Andor would be filming in Essex and we by deduction, managed to find out it was in Corriton Refinery. It's an abandoned, or it's a, it's a an industrial uh, estate which is closed down now, but it's used for filming. And we went there and we were told everyone's there. Everyone's in there. And we we're like, oh yeah, everyone's in there. And I said, yeah, everyone's in there. Everyone. It was in there. Diego, Asia uh, Arjona, uh, Stellan Skarsgård was just kicking it around uh, Canvey Island. And they did a really good job of transforming the uh the refinery into what we saw on screen because I actually thought a lot of it was going to be filmed inside the refinery so it'd be more of an industrial kind of warehouse film not outside of it and that's that surprised me and I was very pleased to see that there were some points I will admit that I, was, I couldn't quite work out where we were in the city because at one point you'd be you'd have the industrial side and then there'd be a reaction shot of someone looking and they'd be kind of like on a dirty mount a dirty hill So I was just trying to work out. Well, is that next to that bit? But uh, that was. I was just trying to work out the locality of it all. But I thought it looked really, really, very good, mate. And to see Corriton on screen like that, and knowing we'd been there, added something. It added that something extra as well. But like you say, they 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 built this city there. You know, there's there's so many bits I can think of in my head now that they created and built there. It's not just, you know, the shipyard. There's, there's the shops, there's Cassian's gaff. There's where there's the streets where Marva
0: and that live. And the back alleys. Very impressive. Wasn't it? Yes, mate. Yes, man. Just to think, we were there. We were the ones who reported on it first. Yeah, yeah? and we were like, <laughs> mate. I mean, when does Star Wars like film like ten minutes from yeah, your I'm- house? <laughs> it, you know, it doesn't. Especially for, for us. You know, we don't live near Pinewood, and we don't. Li- we didn't live near Little Marlow. So this was this was really really special, really special. And to see just how much was there, and to think, oh my days, yeah. Like Diego Luna was there. Stellan yep. Skarsgård oh. was there. Basically, the whole cast was... The gang. ...there. They, they they were all there in Corriton. And opposite. we saw a
1: lot of Jelly's Hollow as well, didn't we?
0: Yes, Jelly's Hollow.
1: Doubled up as Canary, which is seemingly which is and or yeah that's right yeah yeah. so we'll get mentioned that little egg in a minute but a lot of it not not all of it
0: but the where where the republic ship crashes that is the literal hollow so you say you say you say mate just sorry to interrupt you you say it's a republic ship what what, why do you say it's a republic ship
1: because um marva or the guy that she was with when they found little casa says um if if they find out you know we he killed a republic officer um so the guys outside are uh, they were i remember and and remember this was um clone wars when cassian's a kid this was kind of clone wars era i guess yeah. or in yeah. and around that time maybe um but they one of the guys on the ship says you know they killed a republic officer and of course outside of the ship they were the the little the the, the, the kids were shooting him with their darts and of course the guy was found dead so, because um, I thought originally it was like an an an, em- an empire. Yeah, ship, I thought it was empire, but they did say yeah. in it they killed a republic officer. So unless I'm huh. very much mistaken, but I because I, I thought, huh, republic ship, really? But um, unless I've got the wrong end of the stick, but they clearly said at some point you know, they, you know, when they find out he's killed a republic officer, and that's why to me, Marva picks him up and says, "I'm not going to let anything happen to him," you know, "I'm not going to let him get killed for this." And she picks up little Kassa and takes him away, and she becomes his adoptive mother from there.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, okay. What, now, that leads us to the young'uns and sort of Cassians or Cass's tribe yeah. On, yeah. on this planet. Now, you freaked out. You freaked out. <laughs> I did, didn't I? A, a detail in this show, uh, and it's a canon detail, isn't it? And it's to do with yeah. the Planet Fest and Fished. sort of Cassian's supposed backstory um it kind of went over my head although I uh, it sounded familiar it sounded familiar I was like ha huh, okay yeah've I've heard this but I can't seem to match it up You being more of the canon geek, mm-hmm. you were really pleased with this so just uh, quickly explain why you were so happy with with that.
1: Because I'm a nerd. But no, yeah, I was very happy. Yeah. I patted Luke on the leg. I was like, that's really cool. Uh, in, in canon, the wider canon, Cassian's homeworld has always been named as Fest, a place called Fest. And uh, that was in the books and in comics and whatever. Fest, Cassian and from Fest. And now in the show, they were, they were looking for a canary, a canary male, you know, and they were clearly mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. talking about Cassian Andor, And I remember thinking, that's really odd. You know, Again, it's something that they can they can change and they will change, and that's fine. And I thought, okay, he's, so he's from Canary now, whatever. But then later on in the show, when he's with uh, when were, we're they with Marva? Marva was kind of go at saying, "They look. How do they know he's from Canary? We've always, you know, the story has always been that he's from Fest. That's what we've always told people. So what they've done, what what we've now been led to know in in the books and the comics was Cassian and or from Fest that was always a front that's just what he told people so he wouldn't ever be found out so he could keep his identity safe and in fact he's from canary so if you're so it's not even a retcon but it's done so gracefully that in fact actually like oh cool so everything we've read is true but it's been all been part of this cover-up all been part of this kind of spy network he belongs in and it turns out his name probably is actually Cassa rather than cassian and and or is an adoptive surname because that's Martha's surname. So we got an awful lot in that moment, but yeah, hearing that if they, they, they changed his birthplace because it was all part
0: of the plan or all part of a ruse. I thought that was really cool, mate. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really well handled, wasn't it? Really well handled. And, um, watching sort of everything on this, on this planet, um, a, a tribal, sort of people you can't help but make the make the sort of comparisons to um you know like uh, the people of native the native americas right north to south central Mm -hmm. america that's what people indigenous people yeah that's what it kind of felt like to to me and i i really enjoyed that nod really really enjoyed that in fact i don't know if it's it's probably because it's just recently Come out, but it reminds me a lot of like Prey, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Film, and I was like, yeah. There's, there's a lot of similar vibes here. And again, seeing that in Star Wars, it's, it's quite refreshing. It's really, really refreshing seeing that. And these kids are obviously, and I love that they're they're speaking another language. Yeah, no subtitles either. No subtitles. You just you, you get the feeling. You get the essence of what they're doing. And um, I, as far as I'm aware, it sounded it sounded a bit Portuguese to me, but I don't think it is. I think it is just a made up language, like classic mm. Star Wars. I imagine so it's kids um,
1: inspired by like Diego and um, the kind of uh, the Mexican, Spanish, Latin, Portuguese. I imagine it's inspired a lot by that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You, you. you that's what it came across as, anyway. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that and seeing this just this ship crash down mm. onto the planet oh mate it's just uh, ship. what's go, what's what's going on here what's going on here well, ships, you,
1: you, yeah. you, you, you've had a problem with the ships and i say that like, you've had a problem but that's been one of your bugbears in boba fett mando at some point but, but kenobi, kenobi especially kenobi. Mando, in this series no, no, i heard Mando great watching this yesterday Lukey boy is almost, you know, he's almost, he's almost knocking me in glove for, for six. He was punching the air, getting so excited because the ships, not only do the dude, the ship designs look good, but the way they look on screen, the way they move, the way they navigate. You were very pleased with that, weren't you? By the sounds
0: of it, by the looks oh, of it. Oh yes, oh yes. And once again, it's um, we, we it was the ships in Kenobi really really bothered me because they didn't move they didn't fly and they didn't land like ships in star wars where there is an established kind of um physics yeah ships move and act in a certain way and in kenobi they didn't do that and it looks like it was primary cgi like it wasn't finished and um and i know i know that's probably really out of order because i know people probably spent a lot of a lot of hours working very, very hard to try, and, to try and fix that, to come up with the best quality. But that's that's kind of what myself and a lot of people thought about that. And um, that was something that I was a bit worried about coming into Andor. But no, I think, again, there's one or two things where you're like, that's a bit, that you know, that CG could be better. Other than that, mate, other than that, I thought all of the effects were very, very very well handled, and I wonder if that's because um, so much of it is is practical, so much of it is physical, and so they can allot a bit more time to um you know cg when it's needed possibly probably i, I, I mean i don't know i don 't understand these processes i 'm a bit ignorant to it, but um oh mate, it was it was it was impressive. were you impressed by it you know did, did at any point did you think oh that 's a bit ropey and this is on a big screen. They're on a TV, so yeah. if there's if, if there's imperfections, guys, we are gonna see them. We were gonna see them. So, yeah, what were you feeling? Yeah, yeah, the, that big screen was unforgiving, wouldn't it? If, um, yeah, no, I thought they
1: looked good. There's a few shots, especially where I did think. I think there's one specifically where you even you went, yes, where it just looked great. The ship came out of hyperspace, and yeah. these smaller ships kind of yes. undocked from it. It's like this looks yes bonkers good and there was a shot and there was a shot inside of the of the uh the troops as they were um preparing to go to to battle the primor uh troops and kyle soller's character cyril in episode three it felt a bit like that force awaken shot of the stormtroopers inside at the beginning when the ship's rocking around them the lights are going on and off but you got this feeling that you're in there, it was kind of like guerrilla uh camera work going on, and yeah, that was just in ship. But yeah, the ship designs look good. I thought there was, I thought luthien ship looked really cool the way they moved, the way they acted, the way they looked, the way they interacted with the actual real life setting. I thought was very impressive, and again, the the visuals and production on this show are spectacular, I think, Gen- genuinely are. And it makes me a bit sad that the other shows <laughs> weren't approached in this manner, but and the action we got at the end where we've got that. We saw the sneak peek um, on Disney Plus, the nine-minute sneak peek uh, sequence, and that was in this third episode with Luthien and Andor. Uh, but it felt more kinetic; it felt more energetic on the big screen. With um, when they're having the shootout against the Primorph, uh Troopers and the, and those huge th- weights are falling down, and I don't know. It, in context, it felt even weightier. Plus, you've got the locals play having that almost like that war cry when they're banging those. Um, uh, like t- tin yeah. cans outside and yeah. it, when that finishes that's when Marva said you, this is when you want to be scared when this finishes and it does and like all the energy was sucked out of the room when we're like what's going to happen now but I thought the action looked great I thought it shot well I thought it um, it felt I mean, it felt like you were there like when Tim gets shot at the end of episode 3 you do it. you felt like or I kind of felt like I was the one doing it because I felt like I was in the soldier's shoes doing it the way that it was shot and it, it, again, it was an unforgiving show. You know, people got like Andor shoots a guy in the head at the beginning. Tim just gets taken out. And a few other guys, the way they just get, you know, it's just the way it is in this series. It isn't, there's no pomp or grace or airs or anything. It's just bang, you're gone, move on. And it, it adds that kind of realism to the show, which I think might take a few by surprise. But I really like the action in this series for what we got of it, my friend. I liked that. I want to know your thoughts on that, but also I know this is going to feel like a very much of a a diversion as well, but the action, Mm. but we haven't mentioned B2 Emo yet as well. The the new droid who we met and he is great. Um, What do you think about him? Because I was slightly worried that he's going to get blown up so K2 can replace him. But now we know Cassian's gone off world. He can live happily ever after now. But uh, that action then, and
0: and obviously B2 the droid yes okay so uh the droid b2 emo um wow you know what a way to steal the show you know what a way to steal the show and again keep it quite star warsy this show i think does that very well it handles that really well you know because um we've kind of we've labored the point but this show really does feel like a thriller that's just so happens to be in star wars and so You've got these reminders; these very well uh, executed and clever. Hang on, there we go. Oh, right. Let me have a drink. Uh, drink, 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 drink. Well, mm. okay. So you've got these like really decent reminders that that pop up to say, "No, this is Star Wars. This is still Star Wars." B two emo is sort of the the epitome of that. He is funny he's used he's a droid um he's not 100 percent working it's like he's he's slightly broken he's he's fantastic and the design the design is fresh the design is brand new and yet still so star wars it's still so star warsy and um mate i i thought it was great i actually thought Oh hang on the voice sounds somewhat familiar. Now I didn't yeah. look at the I didn't look at the credits. Okay, and I didn't look at that. Mm-hmm. To me it sounded like it was two voices being merged, you know. Um I wouldn't be surprised if this is like the brain of or like the you know the droid's brain of k2so so this droid yeah. is effectively k2so and it's put into you know that kind of like what they did with oh. l3 and the millennium falcon in solo yeah, reprogram like, them yeah yeah that I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what this is to be honest um, i hadn't thought about that you dirty mm. boy i hadn't mm. thought about that yeah because i was like man that sounds like, who's the guy who plays alan k2 Tudy again? again alan Tudy. yeah he's um steve the pirate from dodgeball yeah. <laughs> isn't he oh yeah. classic <laughs> Absolute classic, it's also in Firefly, but yeah, um she yes, is our boy, our boy, Alan, yeah, it sounded a bit like Alan, and I was like ah there's there's these words and certain moments where I'm like, hmm, that's a bit, that's a bit on the nose. I wonder if that's me, that. so I thought that I thought that last night, um action, the action, um I really, really really, really, really liked the action. I thought <laughs> it was it was really well handled um and not not too violent it it kind of it, it again we've seen what we saw worse in kenobi but yeah. it has more this is this is a matt hudsonism yeah. had it i feel maybe a bit more it, it felt like it had more stakes you stakes. know whenever there was action it felt like there was more kind of at risk um whether that was the sort of the abandoned, um, I don't know. It was like there were loads of anchors in, in uh, connected yeah. to the ceiling. You know that sort of with Luthen and Cassian and the officers, kind of trying to infiltrate the building. That was outstanding. Love that sort of shootout and that pressure. You know, it was, there was lots of pressure. It was very tense, and they're sort yeah. of going, "Look, mate, you've you got pretty much one choice. What are you doing? What are you playing at?" If Luthien and, um, came to get a box in the a a box
1: uh, which can basically show the location of Imperials. They said within nine parsecs, six. Luthien was going to pay top dollar for that, but it turns out he really wanted to check out
0: and or to recruit is it, him. Is it Luthien or Luthan?
1: Uh, that is a really good point, Luke Bly. I'm just going <laughs> to check that now. I think it's. I, I think thought,
0: it's. I thought it was Luthan. Yeah, Luthan. That's what I thought. Yeah, Luthan, we'll, we'll
1: find out. I will confirm shortly, though.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, Luthan, what a lad, what a lad. Dylan Scar, um, uh, Skellen, Skellen? Stellen. Skarsgard. Stelen. So, Dylan, Dylan Skarsgard. <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> what, Dylan? Stellan, Lu- Luthan. 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 Luthan, Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, cool. Luthan. So, um, yeah, mate, I, I thought, oh, Stellan was Stella. Yeah. I loved him. Loved him in this. He's I, great. uh, but he only comes, in during the second uh, third episode
1: yeah that's when he arrives yeah we cuz we find out before that if, from from episode 1 w- we know that Cassian has something and he's trying to get Bix to contact someone she need he wants her to contact her contact because he's got something which will pay top dollar and he can get him off the planet so he can oh. get out of um Ferix and, you've, and, and you've- yeah, go gone. Yeah, gone. No, 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 go on, buddy. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say for, the, for episode one, we get that also shows us the relationship between Bix and Cassian, which they're not related. Uh, it's, it's episode two, that continues more. He's like, "Look, I need this. I need you to get this guy." And she says, "Okay, I will do. I, you know, I've contacted him." But at the same time, Tim with two M's, who's kind of her beau, he is. Uh, he's suspicious of what she's up to. I think Tim thinks Bix is up to no good with Cassian. And then he finds him in a bar when it turns out Cassian's just gone to get confirmation that she's contacted her contact, which is Luthen. And Tim is the one who rats out Cassian Andor. He's the one who goes to Primor and says, this canary male, his name's Cassian Andor because he thinks Cassian's moving in on his girl. Turns out he isn't. And Tim's the one who sets us all off. But yeah, so we get, we get hints and nods to Luthen, who's, who goes unnamed in episodes one and two. And then we see him in all his
0: glory Uh, at the beginning of episode three there's there's a moment where bix is going up this kind of chimney um in this courtyard um or this like tower she climbs up this tower and she's sending a communication and the camera just like then goes into like a bird's eye view and just slowly comes out and it just lingers there and I remember thinking at that exact point, like, man, these shots—they're <laughs> just they're, they're taking Great. their time, and it looks fantastic. It looks absolutely fantastic. Um, and there's a lot of shots like this throughout the episodes where you're like, mate, this this just oozes class. It oozes another kind of prestige of Star Wars TV. And that's, that's not putting down necessarily the other shows. Like I'm as you guys know, if you are regular listeners, if not, hi. Um but The Mandalorian, I'm I'm really pro Mandalorian. I think The Mandalorian does an incredible job with its with its production. It's a different flavor though. It's a different flavor to this. And um yeah, the whole the whole story, do you think the story more or less was easy to to follow would you think um,
1: no not to start with i don't think it was
0: and okay. i we don't think it was uh
1: if you're coming at it from a non-star wars point of view especially i think if we because we, we know cassian and we know what he's all about we know and, and we knew it was a spy thriller going in we can kind of ascertain what was going on but I do think for the first, actually, it's not, I do not think it's hard to follow necessarily, but I did mm-hmm. think for the first two episodes, it's more a case of where are we going with this is what I right. thought. Um, I knew, obviously we've seen the trailer, so we knew where we're going to end up, but the first two episodes, because like you said, the pacing is, I think it's very good as it's, it's pacing with purpose. But I did start to wonder about like, where are we going here? Is it just going to be that Kyle Sollers character, Cyril? Is it just him? you know, annoyed at Cassian and he wants yeah, to arrest him. Is that Cassian, it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah, it? Right. Yeah. But uh, it is not, it, we're, we're getting bigger than that. So no, I think I, I got what where they were going for. I think it's more a case of where are we going and when are we going to get there? It's more what I thought, but at no point was I thinking, oh, come on, hurry up. This is naff. Not at all because everything was there for a reason. Everything was happened for a reason. Everything put, was paced for a reason. So it was, um, yeah, it, it was more, you know, where are we going? What what are we building to? More than what's going on here?
0: Yes, yes. I I'd agree. I'd agree. I think there's some complexities to the story, mm-hmm. but um, I think particularly by the third episode. You kind of, you get your start and your finish. You kind of get a motive and you're like, okay, I see where this is going. So just even retrospectively, you're making all these connections and bridges. Um, I think there's a lot of names being thrown around. This Again, this is typical fantasy. Like I'm having the same problem with Rings of Power. I'm like, what's their name again? What's that? <laughs> and, it, you know, and there's only so many times with a series you can, you can just repeat it. Um, because you have a bigger cast, because it's a series. It's a longer form of storytelling. And, um, yeah, that's what I am struggling a wee bit with. But all in all, mate, all in all, again, really, really, really impressive. Really impressive. Um, What are your criticisms or critiques of the? Show so far, you know, are there any or maybe any worries?
1: Um, the I think I've managed to get most of them out in terms of I was slightly worried by the dialogue going in to start with, that was um uh, allayed fairly quickly. I was watching it thinking, Where are we going? Is this going to be smaller than we thought it was going to be, even though I know we're going to Coruscant? But no, that was those fears were uh, allayed later on so far. No real criticism other than the ones I've mentioned, which were either smaller ones or that have generally been ironed out. I'm very happy with how this turned out. I really like how the uh, third episode ended. I say with that kind of silent emotion, I thought that was really very good. Yeah, I don't think the the bad guys are overly stupid or anything like that. Like that's one of the things that have been said about stormtroopers or whatever. They're just, you know, they're fodder, they're daft. I didn't really get that here. Uh, I understand Cassian motivation. He wants to get off the planet. I understand that he didn't just run straight into Luthen's arms and be like, yes, you're my savior. There was that. I don't know who you are, mate. Um, The character of Bix, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where, what they do with her. Now that Cassian is, is off world. Uh, You know, is she going to join him? Is she going to join the fight? Is he going to go back? Um, Yeah, no, not really too many other than at times it, it, it ran the risk of feeling too real worldly and too relatable, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, that's not a overall criticism. Really. I'm, I'm enjoying what we're seeing so far. And I kind of came away f- feeling it feels like rogue one. And secondly, I, you know, I got home last night and I thought, you know, nostalgia. What's that? Cause this show does not deal with nostalgia. There are, there are, there are the Easter eggs. Like t- Tony Guru, said, there's no fan service, but there's plenty of Easter eggs with some of the things and, and names that they mention. It's very, very interesting. My very small ones but this show isn't, isn't like wallowing in nostalgia or kind of winking and nodding at the audience whatsoever. It might do later on, who knows, but it isn't at the minute. So mm. no, the, the criticism, I think I've covered most of mine, the score. I liked the score. Um, I liked it. It felt different. Again, I want to hear more of it. I don't remember. I can't, I can't hum any to you at the minute, but we've only seen it once. And it was quite, and obviously it was a great experience when we watched it, but I'd need to watch it again to remember the score. I liked Andor's theme though. Um, yeah, and Nicholas Breitel, who's a fa- fabulous composer, he's the one who's done the score. Um, yeah, no, not any real ones, unless you've got an E and it triggers my mind. But uh, it, my, mine are more about what other people thought. I know that sounds really stupid, but I can Ooh. see people thinking the the flashbacks are boring or they bog down the pacing. I can see people not liking the pacing in general or the fact that we're not talking about Jedi and Sith and the Force and all that. But it doesn't bother me whatsoever because I want something a bit different i've been saying i need something different and refreshing this looks like it could be it my friend but what about you though do you have any criticisms that we haven't mentioned or anything you want to throw into the fire
0: yeah i think that um a lot of the criticisms are almost like strengths of the show Mm -hmm. um like you said okay the one that might not be as much is sometimes the leaning into the real world aspects you know uh but we've discussed we've discussed that You know, I don't really need to address it again. um, I think that, you know, this was, what what was it, like best part of 90 minutes or 90 minutes plus? Pretty much. I think the first two felt shorter. Even
1: though the pacing was slower, they still felt quite snappy. And for me, the third episode felt longer. So I don't quite know the run times off the top of my head, but I think the third one was a little bit longer, I think.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think, I think, I think you're right. So, okay, with, with that being said, um, you know, could it be more pacey? It could be. And I think that, like what you're saying, I think that some people will take umbrage of that. They'll, they'll criticize that. They won't be fans of that. However, again i am enjoying that but maybe that is because i'm a star wars fan that's maybe because i'm invested in the universe as a whole so you know when they're taking their time to to taking their time to do you know these bigger shots or letting the camera linger or doing these little bits of um dialogue you know i uh, i think that i'm he- i'm here for it but i could see how maybe other people that might get on their nerves especially potentially the casual people however i'm using my imagination right because i'm not a hundred percent sure i think people could love this i think people could walk away and be like man this is my favorite star wars and i'm talking about even casual people casual people might come a lot away from this and thinking yeah finally this feels like a bit of a break from the you know do lally sort of fantasy Mm -hmm. make-believe stuff this was way more grounded Yes, yeah, so this could actually be a very good for, for again for some people, some families, some uh, whoever, friends. This could be again a really good entry point for yep. Star Wars, you know, because it is different. You know, it's something we've not had before. It is another sort of tool in the toolbox you know we've we've got a mandalorian we've got a crazy boba fett we've got kenobi the nostalgic <laughs> the prequel nostalgic kenobi we've got the films right now we've got a spy thriller and for me mate that that could like with many things in life that could be seen as a weakness but that could also be seen as a strength um and for me mate i'm 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 leaning into the strength mate this is so this show is so blade runner it's so mystery. There's so much mystery, mm. and yet there's so much there's still enough information. There's enough world building. There's enough character building. And, and there's still tons of room for these characters to to do something. And I think really that's summarized really well when Luther at the end is like, don't you actually want to like do something? Don't you want to really hit it hit? them where it hurts the most something like that you want to really do something you know because what you're doing at the moment mate it's it's all right but you you you, you've got a lot of talent you've got a lot of talent and it's being wasted. That's effectively what he says. And Pretty I, I, much, I, I yeah. and and doesn't he also say like I'm not really here for the box. The box is cool, but I've yeah. heard about you.
1: He's he's like I. You know if I if I have to, I, I'm happy to leave out the box if that's what it takes. But you know, yeah, I was here to I was here to about a thing. You know, I was here for something else, something more, and I think I found it. And we know that Cassian uh, mentioned in the in our episode recently about the, like the life and times of Cassian Andal that. Eventually, you know, he's almost kind of like Mon Mothma's kind of like go-to spy, go-to captain. Because in Rogue One, he's like, "This is Captain Cassian Andor, the head, the leader of the rebellion." Introduces him like this: "This is the man, Jin, that you're going to follow." So we know that, that he's going to have to ascend to those ranks. So this is is it's because of Luthan, but um,
0: yeah, he he pretty much says, "I'm here for you, mate." Yes. Yes. And yep. I really gravitate toward that because it's people over things, you know, it's putting skills and talent above like, oh, that's a thing because skill and talent ultimately is just so much more longevity to it, you know, than just a thing like a box. Yeah. It's people that are going to win the rebellion. They're going to win the war, not yep. necessarily just like a box or, or, or technology, you know, obviously you need both, but um, strategically, Luthan's Sink, and or he's or maybe he's heard of the potential, and he he's leaning into that. He's like, mate, we, this guy, this guy can help us a, a, a ton. Um Okay, mate. So I'm I'm, I'm wary I'm wary that we're we, we're sort of starting to wrap up here. We're sort of toward the end of the show here. Um and What I, something that I noticed or something that I love. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy and excited. What makes me excited for the future episodes is we've still not seen Mon Mothma. We've not seen Coruscant. We've not seen Saw Gerrera. Oh, we've not no. seen Clone Troopers. May there, there, there's a lot coming. We've not seen Luthan with his awesome long hair and, and threads. <laughs> it's flowing locks. Yeah. Is, is that a throwback? Maybe. I think it is. Maybe. I think it is. Yeah. I think it could be. I think it could I be. I think it is. We've got a lot to look forward to in the next.
1: What, nine episodes? We've still got nine. We're a quarter of the way through the season, but we've still got nine more episodes to go and the political intrigue is gonna start, I think, next week. So we've had we've 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 started with the espionage thriller. Now we're gonna have the political intrigue. They're gonna start to blend together. If it's handled as well as these three episodes were, my friend. We could be in for something special here. I'm I I've been banging the drum for this show since day one. So I'm very, very, very pleased. Um, and this this is going to be tough to do. But before we get into the ratings for each episode, we've got to rack our brains. I just want to reiterate for the no, those new to the show. I was digging this from day one because I love Rogue One and I love the idea. Lukey Boy, it took a bit more convincing for you to get to where you are now. As somebody Definitely. who was initially reticent or hesitant, has it, I mean, obviously has exceeded what you thought it was going to be, but...
0: You know, can you now see the point of this show for want of a better term again? Well, uh, long time listeners and uh, regular listeners to the show will know that um, I always felt like Andor was kind of like the solo announcement for the for the Disney plus Star Wars uh, TV series. You know, I felt like, you know, it, this is just yet yeah, another prequel to a character we know. And we know ultimately what happens to him. You know, what, what are we really going to get from, from this? Mm-hmm. And it's not been until really recent months or, or years now, because we've known about this for a wee bit, but it's not until recently that, um, really because of people like yourself, um, even our mate Bespin, Bespin Bulletin, and really just seeing the material coming out for this show, I've thought, Do you know what? This isn't just an Andor show. This isn't just a character show. This isn't a tick the box exercise of, you know, where did Andor get his name from? Where did he get his ship? Where did he meet K2SO? Well, we might be getting those things, but it, it's without a doubt. This is a spy thriller. This is a drama series. And I feel like one of my favorite things about this show, mate, like you said, as someone who wasn't initially sold on this, is that it knows exactly what it wants to be. It knows exactly what it wants to be. It, this show, this production has a confidence. It has a swagger about it. And the fact that we're only three episodes in and it's still quite, you know, on paper, this is a small story. This ain't anything world shattering, let alone mm-hmm, galaxy shattering. Yep. This is very, very contained. And uh I think that's really impressive for us to be so committed and sold already on the show and to go, oh yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next. I can't wait to see how the rebellion even I- I- is even formed, you know? That 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 line, that's that sound that uh, Marva says she's like that sound, that's a reckoning. Oh yeah. mate, and we hear it in the trailer. Oh, that's a juicy, juicy line. And I, I I, adore it. There's no word for a rebellion yet. There isn't a rebellion yet. And for us as the audience and, um, mate, I'm, I'm here. I'm really, really here to see what happens. I'm really impressed. What about you, mate? As someone who has been on this for a very long time, sort of waving the Andor flag, like, yeah, no, this is what we need did it did it meet expectation or did you leave a bit disappointed in places
1: no no it met expectations because i wanted something new i wanted something other than the swashbuckling action of the skywalker saga even of the mandalorian because amando and boba fett were fairly similar in style kenobi was an extension of the prequels so this feels an awful lot different Rogue One is the outsider in the films because of how it feels, the tone of it, and this is obviously a prequel to that film and feels just like Rogue One. And it's just what I wanted it to feel. Uh so I, again, I can't wait for it to get even bigger when we when we go off planet to Coruscant, but at oh. the minute, based on these three episodes, it is just what I wanted it to be, mate. In in size, scale, production value, performances, I can't really complain so far and You know, I'm open-minded to reading other people's complaints or listening to them. I don't think it's going to change my mind because my mind's already made up. I'm digging it. I really am. I think this is so different, vastly different. And that's that's the vibe I got coming out of the cinema yesterday, was hearing people say this feels different, but not, not necessarily in a bad way, but it felt different. And that's what I've been banging the drum for for a long time. I want something different in my Star Wars, mate. So I am very happy but now let's let's see you put your uh put your thoughts to the numbers now. I know we've only seen the episodes once, but initially, what are you going to give these episodes out of ten? One, two, and three. Again, these can change over time because we might watch them again tonight or tomorrow and think actually that's better than the other one. But top level, mm. mate. What are you
0: thinking? We think I I, I, I I want to brand. I'm, I'm going to put them all together, mate, because yeah? ultimately okay. they they've been they've been put out together, yeah. um and. I can't help but think that they're just one continuity. You can tell that a director did all three of these, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think that's what they're going for. They're going for um, four three part sort of arcs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, something we didn't mention is the music. Just quickly, I threw that in earlier on. That I thought it was. I thought it. I don't remember an awful lot of it, but I liked it when it was on. The the main theme's great. Same. And at the end at the end of episode three, you gotta do just playing drums. Yeah. You gotta do playing drums. I'm like, I'm pretty sure some guitar. And you're like what this is at the end of episode
1: two yes at the end of episode two when when atco and cassian's walking through ferrix and he's kind of walking towards the camera with purpose and we see that
0: that's the episode two and we see that shot
1: kind of in the trailer but he's got like this rock and roll music behind him like dan 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 dan." i was like this is it's awesome cassian is so rock and roll but um yeah i liked it again different it's not like ludwig's it's not like um uh, the dude from Book of Boba Fett, his name, I can't remember, something surely, um, sorry, but this felt good, you know, it felt different to N- um, Natalie Holtz from Kenobi as well, I liked it, I like mm-hmm. again, something different, give
0: it to me, it's not just a John Williams impersonation, it's different, and once again, the music is reflective of the series, something mm-hmm. different. So, okay, I'm going to give you a grade for the first three episodes, okay. right? That's just me. That's how I'm going to do it because yeah. I don't, I don't want to. Because I'll be honest, I don't really. They've they've kind of all merged, right? We yeah. saw it last night. We're in a theatre. It was loads. Like we were on adrenaline. It was, but there was a buzz. Um, I'm gonna. Tr- I'm trying my hardest not to let that sort of um, interfere with my scoring. I don't think it does. I don't think it does because that event. For me, was ten out of ten. Yeah. So, uh, but the, the the actual episodes, I think, are a, a a solid start, a solid start. Extremely high production. The music is different. It's really good. Uh, the acting is superb. The, the the costumes, the dress, the sets, everything. It's so Star Warsy and yet so different. It manages to just balance that act so well. Matty boy, eight out of ten. For me, eight Ponder at 10 Ponder Babbers. Um, Matty boy, it's over to you, mate. What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't really break
1: down the ratings per episode. I, I think um, probably most people uh, roll their eyes, but I thought the third episode was the most, was the best for me because it, mm-hmm. you know, it just kicked off. I really liked the first one. The second one I'd say was if I had to rank them would be bottom of the pile not because it's, yeah, not because it's a bad episode, but you know, the first one set so much up, the third one kicked off, and the second one was just, was the link. It was leading into them. So, um, I, 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 I can't differentiate from you, mate, whereas I don't give Ponda Babbers. I'm going to give this one eight Cassianander out of ten Cassianander. Eight Cassian Anders out of ten Cassian Anders. <laughs> I'm going to give this one, mate. So, uh, we're both rocking him with eight out of ten. That was my number before you said it, that was your number before I said it. So we're both on the same wavelength. So uh let's see if it can go up or down from here, mate. We know what's to come. Mothma, Guerrera, Coruscant, Hair, Clones. We've got so much more to come, mate. So um if, you know, we would be, I don't think we'd be wrong or remiss to think that this show may only just get, may only get better and better. As long as it keeps its focus on the people,
0: mm-hmm. this mm-hmm.
1: could be the best one of the lot. Do you could think? Be you
0: think Could be. do you think i i i feel like it's so different to the others that it's like it's almost just it's a different sport they're not even in the same league They're they're yeah. a different sport it's its own baby and yeah. so although it's star wars this is so it feels so removed from it that making the comparisons to it of like Andor to boba fett is so it's almost absurd isn't it you know yeah. making the comparison <laughs> it's absurd There's no vespers here and there's room for both of them. Yeah, there's yep. no Vespers. The the speeder, the speeder actually went Speed. at a decent pace, and there was hair w- in the wind. Flapping. Yeah, unlike, <laughs> unlike uh, Chapter 9 Uh-oh. of The Mandalorian, Uh-oh. which drives me up the wall. That one Uh-oh. scene drives me up the wall where they're like uh, Cobb Vamp and uh, Mando, and they're That's just it. having a normal conversation. Oh, drives me up the wall on the speeders anyway um yeah thoroughly impressed mate thoroughly impressed this is a reckoning it's a reckoning come on mate this is what
1: a reckoning looks like and that's what a recap kind of sounds like usually i could say this was a little bit different this time around next week we'll kind of revert back to our more more standard template of recaps but this has been filth just being given three episodes to basically just dive into riff on go back and forward loosey-goosey like we're back in the pub talking about this show so we are both up on this show as it stands um and we've ironed out our issues with it so far there may be more to come but as it stands we are both on board we'd love to know what you guys think of this show are you on board do you agree with the criticisms that we had are we mental do you just not like this
0: show let us know lukey boy where can the world find us online they can find us at starwarsessions.co Dot uk search for us on social media tiktok instagram facebook twitter just search Wars sessions and we will be there um if we missed anything out i'm well aware that we could have missed stuff out of this recap we just saw this last night we've woken up today we're still like we're, we're love drunk we're love drunk with Andor. so not, <laughs> i, don't, I don't know what i'm doing i don't even know where i am um so if we've missed anything let us know drop us an email send us a voice note to hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk yes sir we'd
1: love to hear your thoughts and if you uh, have enjoyed what you've heard please tell the world all about us tell your mates about us but at the same time leave us a five star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice it's free and it's quick and we would absolutely appreciate it it gets more listeners and bumps us up the algorithm plus it gives us a chance to hear from more of you guys each and every
0: week And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell your mates. Tell your cats. Tell. Cousinander. Cousinander. Tell your Ewok. Tell your cousin. The more the merrier. The spicy. Yes, go and
1: tell Slimy Cyril that this is the podcast he's looking for. And you too. But until the next recap from me, see ya. And from Luke.
0: May the Force be with you. Always. Andor. Andor. Andor.
1: Andor. 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 Gazinanda. Andor.
0: Gazinanda. Marvara under. Ander. And, under that bridge.